Recording in progress. Oh, look, we're in unison. <laughs> we both did it at the same time. So how are you then, Rob? I'm all right. I'm good. I've been racking my brains as to what I've watched since we last spoke. Um, watched a lot of telly. Have you? A lot of TV series, yeah. Well, I've watched... I've been quite hooked on The Traitors. I think uh, I mentioned that before. I... Well, yeah, but since you were hooked, I then started watching it and I okay. got hooked. And don't... it was a good ending. No, okay. I've I've still got to watch the finale with Elsie and my right. daughter tomorrow night. Although it's one of those series that's it's everywhere in the news. It's it's almost impossible not to see well, something I've... that gives it yeah. away. I didn't watch it live. I recorded it and the next day I watched it, but it was on demand anyway. But I made sure I watched it pretty quickly. It's like watching, you have to watch, like when the Oscars, if you've recorded the Oscars, you have to watch it the next day so you don't hear and yeah. don't listen to any news broadcasts or radio, for example, either. So it's, it's, a, it's a bit like that, isn't it? Yeah. I've watched the first series and I quite liked it, but I think the second series is actually much better. It's a little bit spooky though, isn't it? Yeah, it's a bit spooky at times. But anyway, yeah, I really like that. I've been watching also Criminal Record on Apple TV Plus. It's got Peter Capaldi and uh, Chris Jumbo in it. And it's if you're into crime dramas, a bit like Fool Me Once, it's a slightly different quality, but it's a good watch as well. They're both in the police force. And I just sort of love the shifty eyes of DCI Hegarty, which is Peter Capaldi, who he plays. In this, he just looks like a dodgy, a dodgy geezer, in it, a dodgy copper, <laughs> in it. Anyway, but we'll I wait and see. I don't know whether he is or not. He maybe he's not. Oh, I started watching Trigger Point at the weekend. Yep. The new I've series. Got that. There we Vicky go. Vicky McClure. Yeah. There we go. I kind of fell asleep halfway through the second episode, but the first episode was was a bit of a. Oh, I've watched one. only the first one. I've only watched the okay. first one, and it okay. hasn't disappointed. I've seen so a few. No, it didn't disappoint, but there are a few cheesy characters. Yes, it's weird. It's weird because we've had our telly fixed recently and it was in sort of eco mode. So it made it look even more cheesy with these characters. And then I changed it halfway What's through. What's eco sort of, mode? It's, I guess so it's eco mode power just means being used. It, oh, I see. Right. So it's so... like a more sustainable or whatever, sustainability. How does that affect? It just makes you're... it look really green. Like it's real. <laughs> more realistic like it, you, you hasn't had a filter over it or, or anything so i then put it in cinema mode and it was much better but there's some of the characters in it was i was thinking oh that's a bit too cheesy i'm going to change the, change the, the quality yeah the setting on it and it made it much better so yeah well it's like so, they, they it's like those people who have well maybe let's say those people 4k tvs i haven't got a 4k tv but some some tv shows or films if it's too high def sometimes it just looks strange right like yeah maybe it's that i don't know yeah it's very odd i've also watched the crater is out on disney plus now and i'm halfway through leave the world behind on netflix which has got julia roberts in it as well which it's it's coming along quite nicely so i'm intrigued to know what happens in 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 this film and it's got what's his name he was uma thurman's Ethan oh, Hawk. Ethan Hawke. Ethan Hawke. Oh, I saw that a few weeks ago. Yeah, so it's been out for quite a while, but I thought I'll, ca- I'll catch up with it now. Okay, so I started watching that and I didn't realise it was a film. I thought it was a TV series. We have got to talk about the ending. 
Okay, well, I haven't watched yeah, it all yet. I know, so, but next time we are talking about okay. the ending. Okay, we will good. do, yeah. Right. Note uh, to self, we'll do that. And also, Oscar nominations are out now. Any surprises for you there at all? Oh, my God. You're putting me on the spot because I haven't really prepared for that bit. Nah, it's fine. So, Mark, I mean... No nomination for Margot Robbie or the well, director that's the, that's, of Barbie. Yeah, that's, that's the biggest one. That's the big news, isn't it? I mean, I don't know how I feel about that. I, I mean, I, there's part of me that kind of thinks it was such a feat to make. I mean, when everyone heard there's going to be a Barbie movie, you thought, well, how are they going to how are they going to pull that off? And the fact that the people behind that were Margot Robbie and Greta Gerwig. You you kind of feel like it's a shame. I mean, they are up for best picture, but they that none of them individually got anything. Uh, do you think Ryan Gosling's performance was more memorable than Margot Robbie's? No, I don't think Barbie should be in it at all. Shouldn't well, there is that. It should be up that, for any nominations. There is that as well. There is that as well. Yeah, I find that very odd that Barbie's up there. I mean, it's such a big blockbuster. You get very rarely get these huge big blockbusters up there, which is it's just good. It's been recognised, but I think yeah, there's been a bit of snubbing there, and I really don't think I don't think Ryan Gosling will, will get it. Will he? To be honest, I'm just going through them. I was pleased to see Mark Ruffalo, best supporting actor, because I loved that performance in Poor Things. Uh, Clears of the Flower Moon, it's not surprising to see some of that nominated. I, I, I'm not so fussed, I've got to be honest, on, on the Clears of the Flower Moon. Um, yeah, Emma Stone, again, Poor Things, Best Actress. She, I think she's amazing. And Maestro, we said Carrie Mulligan performance was very good. We thought that she might be up for an Oscar. Devine Joy Randolph, The Holdovers, we'll be, we'll be reviewing that film in this podcast and yeah Oppenheimer everywhere I yeah, was I think it, I think it'll Oppenheimer will sweep the board and then a bit of killer of the flower moon and a bit of the holdovers I reckon we'll we'll take some I remember when you when we reviewed Napoleon you thought costume design might be up there and they have been yeah. nominated has been nominated there you for, go. Costume I've got for the costume design <laughs> there you go exactly <laughs> probably makeup as well or whatever yeah so yeah there's a few but there's a few films that haven't quite reached us uh, or haven't watched that I'd like to that are in some of these lists but yeah, yeah. it was as we expect isn't it it's going to be just Oppenheimer just sweeps the board again I can't really see any other upsets it's a shame not to see past lives yeah. not not getting I mean it did it did it was in but I don't think there were any individual nominations mm. for, the, for the cast because I really like past lives. It's got a lot of charm to it, hasn't it? So. Absolutely. The creator, visual effects, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, animation. What's on under animation? We've got The Boy and the Heron, which is the Miyazaki film, which is at the moment. Elemental, Robot Dreams, Nimona, and Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Oh, it'll probably be Spider-Man. Yeah. It probably will be. Yeah, um, yeah. We'll of course, there has been that. I've also, I, I've also seen One Life, which I saw last week, which is the Anthony Hopkins movie about Nicholas Winton, who, leading up to World War Two, tried to rescue as many Jewish children from, yeah. from the Nazis as he could, which was a fantastic film. Anthony Hopkins is just. A legend. Yeah. It doesn't he matter is. how old he is. Legend. I was going to say yeah. legend as it well. Does, it doesn't matter how old he is. 
he you can't take your eyes off him in any film when he acts there's something about there's something about him and it's yeah it, it was it was a really it was a really good film so i think yeah i think that's probably i'm sure i'm forgetting of some but i think that brings has us he up had today. a lifetime achievement award at all i hope he has he should do shouldn't he? i mean definitely should do yeah i mean he's how old is he now i don't know he's still going he's still going strong he can he's... he can still carry a film anyway yeah, so he's good so i've got a quiz Ooh, okay Yep, so the quiz is we're reviewing today Ready Player One. So my quiz is based on gaming, computers, etc. Okay, right. So you ready? No. (laughs) I think you'll get some of these anyway. Okay. So let's start with question one. What film starred Jerry Horner as mum of Yang Marsdenborough? It's Gran Turismo. It is correct. I thought you'd get that one. In Resident Evil, who owns the top secret genetic research facility situated beneath Raccoon City? Was it Undercover Corporation, Umbrella Corporation, Utopia Corporation, or Umbro Corporation? The second one, Umbrella. Correct. You're doing well. That was number three. Question three. I'm hoping you've watched Super Mario Brothers. Have you watched Super Mario Brothers? Yeah, but I watched some Spanish version by mistake. Oh, gosh, you might not get this then. <laughs> so who plays Mario in the Super Mario Brothers? Oh, man. It's it's uh, Chris Pratt. Yes, well done. Three out of three, Rob. Here we go. Question four. Name the animation where a video game villain wants to be a hero like his friend Felix. And sets out to fulfil his dreams, starting in Candy Crush Land. Oh, it's it's Sonic the Hedgehog. Sonic, no, no, it's oh, I thought it was the Jim Carrey character. I don't know. It's Fred Felix, Wreck It Ralph. Oh, I wouldn't have got that. <laughs> I saw that. It was ages ago, wasn't it? It's good. Yeah, great, that was a great film. A good though. one. Yeah, good one to add. And number five. So that's three out of four you've got so far. Name the film where Kevin Flynn, an arcade owner and hacker, is abducted into a digital world and forced to participate in gladiatorial games. And his only chance of escaping is from his own security program. Can you give me a clue as to when the film roughly came out? 1980s. Oh, okay. Okay. It's, oh, God, what's it called? War Games. War Games? War Game? No. No. What is it? Kevin Flynn, played by Jeff Bridges. Tron. Yes. Tron, so three out of five. Not bad, though. I always feel like I'm close and you throw in some... Sorry. Will you do that to me as well? (laughs) I know. Yeah. (laughs) Shall we start with Ready Player One? I think we should. I think we should. So this is from 2018, directed by Steven Spielberg, written by Zach Penn, Ernest Klein, and stars Ty Sheridan, Olivia Cook, and Ben Mendelsohn. So the film is set in 2045, one of those typical dystopian futures that we see a lot these days, and follows the story of Orphan Wade, played by Sheridan, who incidentally was born, the character was born in 2024 this year. Just thought I'd throw that in. 
Oh, right. Uh, yeah. He lives in the stacks, which is like the slum area of the city of Columbus with his aunt and a boyfriend. He's an absolutely crazy, avid gamer. And everyone, including him in the city, seek escape from reality through the Oasis, which is this multiplayer virtual reality entertainment universe created by the godlike gaming architect genius James Halliday, played by Mark Rylance, and his partner Ogden Morrow, played by Simon Peck. In the Oasis, you plug yourself in, you put your headset on, you log into your account. Don't, don't see the login to the account bit, but I guess they all do that. And you can be anyone. You can create your own avatar. You can look like whoever you want. You can go wherever you want into all these incredible worlds. You can take on challenges, play games. You get coins. You can make upgrades. And you essentially just live the fantasy life you want. You can die, in which case you don't die in real life. Your avatar dies and loses all of the money and upgrades you've acquired and you're wiped out, like game over, and you restart from nothing. So everybody... No one wants to die and everyone's trying to gain as as much kind of wealth, I suppose, as they can as they progress. So after Halliday's death, he leaves this pre-recorded message delivered by his avatar to announce this contest, granting ownership of the Oasis to the first player to find the golden Easter egg that sits behind this locked gate, which can only be opened by completing three challenges to acquire these three keys so in the very first challenge in the oasis wade takes part in this racing game where he meets this elusive gamer called artemis played by olivia cook she's this female streamer and he has a big big crush on her and becomes her friend by helping her fix her racing bark courtesy of wade's friend h they soon strike up a bond and kind of team up to help find the keys and win the game along with some of their other friends, Show and Dato. Wade, as I say, falls head over heels for Artemis, who he eventually meets in real life. But they're all under threat from the powerful and corrupt company IOI, Innovative Online Industries, led by a guy called Nolan Sorrento, the baddie, Ben Mendelsham, a past colleague of Halliday. And he's determined to win the contest himself because he wants to monetize the whole thing he sees gazillions so they dispatch these gamer employees called sixers to to search for the eggs themselves and he instructs this mercenary to seek out parcival and parcival is the avatar name of wade because he's obviously towards the top of the leaderboard that gets transmitted throughout the city in the real world so he's trying to track him down to persuade him you know to try and bribe him to win the contest on his behalf so all these challenges we see in this movie, it's basically a nostalgic journey through 80s pop culture, which reflects their create the creator Halliday's obsession with that era. So it really is a homage, you know, as well as the pop culture references, which are everywhere. It's also a homage to all of the movies from that period. So Pussyville's car, racing car is a DeLorean from Back to the Future. You've got King Kong and the Jurassic Park T-Rex as two of the obstacles in the race. There's references to Batman, Tron, Alien, Superman, the Iron Giant, Gremlins, Chucky from Charles Play, Saturday Night Fever, and loads, loads and loads more. But the standout sequence for me 
was when the gang had no choice but take a visit to the Overlook Hotel in The Shining, which was amazing. And, and, and the visual effects in this is what it's all about. And yeah, yeah I, I'd say ultimately it's, it's just like a celebration of pop culture. And, and because there's this theme, this cautionary tale about the consequences of corporate power in a digital age, you know, it's based on a book that deals with this world where there's these severe problems, energy scarcity, overpopulation, global warming, uh, and this whole idea of escaping into the digital world. It, it feels very relevant now, more more relevant now than when this film came out in 2018. But that's enough rambling for me. I'll pass over to you, Sarah. Yeah. So to be honest, this is quite a recent film. It's 2018, isn't it? So only yeah. five, six years old. Um, and I saw this at the cinema and it was so different to what I'd seen before. And it's got everything in it. You kind of described it all there. It's got lots of nostalgia from, from the 80s. It's got all these d- different characters. Gosh, the, the legal team must have been at their you know ultimate best to try and get all these copyrights signed off or whatever to be able to use all, all of these. But yeah, it's a very detailed film, I would say. And to be honest, it's it's quite similar to we've reviewed Bat- Alita Battle Angel. That's very similar sort of graphics and real life footage as well in this film. And I don't know whether this is better or, or not, um, but it's certainly on a par with Alita Battle Angel, I would say. Not the storyline, but just that sort of style, really. I get confused with Ty Sheridan and Miles Teller. I thought it was a Miles Teller film, actually, but it, it's Ty Sheridan and, and who plays Percival. And uh, really, he's he's done a lot of bit parts. It's probably the first film that I've seen him in, um, really as a leading role in this. And I'd love to see him a bit more. I don't, I don't know whether there's going to be, I think there might be a second Ready Player One coming out soon. I think, I'm not sure whether they're working on that or not. But I did hear some rumours about something. But then that wouldn't make sense because the guy, is, guy passed away who was who has set up the uh, the whole competition anyway. I mean, you can't go wrong. This film is a Steven Spielberg film. It's written by Zach Penn. He's written some of the Avenger films, like X-Men, Incredible Hulk, Free Guy more recently as well. And it's it's got everything. As I said, it's sci-fi, mystery, it's a quest. It's a perfect family film and also for teenagers as well. And I feel it's also got some elements of escape room in it also. So it's it's really engaging. I have to say, you really like the the hotel from The Shining, but I didn't. I find that really disturbing. That scene with the you know the blood coming out the 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 lift and everything, and it, yeah, those corridors it just takes me back to that the yeah, horror film. Mind you, I think when we reviewed it, I didn't I didn't find it that scary, The Shining, but it is when you think about it, it is quite eerie, isn't it? That film. So that's why it's more of it's a twelve A because there are some sort of scary moments I think in this film. It's cleverly written and directed. Apparently in an interview, Spielberg said this is the third most complex film to direct behind Jaws and Save It Private Ryan. So it's up there, you know, with challenging, but also, you know, one of his, probably one of the films that he's most proud of as well. And there's just lots of nods to to movies and games in this film. You mentioned a lot of them as well, but also there's the Zemeckis Cube that was named after Robert Zemeckis. So it's nods to directors in this film as well. And I just think it's, you know, the de- because they can do animation, they can go into a lot more detail as well. I think there were, at one point there was like a Thundercats logo on Percival's belt, for example. There's just lots of little Easter eggs in the film that you can, 
you can have a look at and you can just go back time and time again and probably see something new as well. It got a nomination for Best Visual Effects at the Oscars in 2019, but was pipped to the post by, of course, Avatar The Way of Water in there. So, that you know, if it was maybe the year later, it might have might have got an Oscar because I'm not sure there was as, as, exactly something as, as strong as Avatar The Way of Water that year. But yeah, certainly lots happening i think the storyline is pretty good i love the fact that the avatars you think there'll be these big strong people in real life and and you'll get like a child or a a woman that's playing a big big strong man for example so so i love i love the fact that you know you could be whoever you want to be in this virtual world so so yeah have you got any more thoughts rob well i i I certainly agree with you when it came to confusing the, the the lead in the film Ty Sheridan, not just with Miles Teller, but also I got him confused with uh, Ansel Elgort as well. Yeah, West Side Story guy. So, yeah. so I, I don't know why. I think they, they all just have a kind of a yeah. similar, similar look. I absolutely loved it. Absolutely loved it. I remember really enjoying it the first time I saw it at the cinema as well. I remember being completely and utterly blown away by the blend of the real world and the virtual reality was done so well. I mean, it's just totally flawless. There was nothing in it, even watching it the second time round, that I found in any way dated. I mean, I know it's, I know it's only like five years old, but still. And the opening, I think the first half an hour is just incredible. I like the fact that it sets up the story so quickly. I love the fact that it's, you know, these kind of bunch of teens, I suppose they're all about probably 18, 19 years old, maybe like that. I love the the, the, the simplicity. There's a villain. There's there's like a, a a gang of kids. There's a quest. It's the real world. It's the virtual world. And that race at the beginning, I, I, I mean, I remember the cinema being blown away and watching it even on the TV at home, I just thought was incredible. The writing I thought was spot on. There's nothing in this film that's, that's really poorly written, I don't think. And it's not even kind of cheesy. I was watching this movie and um, I actually messaged my my son thinking, oh, my God, he would love this. I think for people who really love their movies, we're all a sucker, I think, for seeing all this kind of movie homage in there that we've talked about because it's everywhere. And you're right. Like you could watch it again. You see more things. I watched it this time and and you mentioned the badge, the Thundercats badge on his on his gun. Sorry, in his holster. It was his a belt, holster. I think it was, it was belt, belt, yeah. But that's the same. He had a gun holster, which, which is just like Han Solo's. But as I say, it's all, isn't it? It's all detail, 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 but it's intelligent. I haven't read the book, Ready Player One. There was a sequel written, Ready Player Two, and you're right, Ready Player Two is apparently in the works. There's been no kind of news about release dates or when it's going into production, but... It sounds like that is happening. And it's quite encouraging to know that it's not just going to be kind of made up. It is based on on the sequel book. I thought there was great chemistry between, you know, between the two the two leads. I suppose the only bit of it that I found was slightly generic um was the you know, the kind of big battle sequence at the end. It almost reminded me of something from Infinity War or kind of a big Marvel film when you're in the virtual world and there's this big battle going on. But 
even then the the detail in it was still really engaging and it was just a very satisfying ending yeah. Um, yeah. for me oh, i mean just and mark as... rylance as well i mean he always plays a slightly strange character yeah. doesn't he yeah yeah <laughs> it's great he's got that way of delivering his lines that kind of the way he talks which you see in other films yeah. as well he's brilliant very and engaging, i love that and i love yeah. the kind of message behind it i love even though the way to solve the clues you don't it's not any it's not really about being technically minded or particularly gifted at a, a particular challenge it's just thinking in Halliday's head and it almost like you say it reminds you of just like escape rooms or just general kind yeah. of lateral thinking it's almost quite yeah. old-fashioned when you scrape it back so yeah there's just so much I, I loved about it so I'm actually going to give this oh I'm going to give this Nine and a half out of ten. I loved it that I loved it that much. Wow! I know. I, re- I, I was I, waiting. I was waiting to see whether you give it a ten. I you've was. Been quite, so... You've been quite tight recently, haven't you? On the te- on the tens. Yeah, but nine and a half is pretty damn good. It's only because of those kind of scenes at the end. But I mean, I'm picking holes. Nine and a half out of ten for me. Yeah, no, that's good. I'm going to give it nine out of ten. It's, it is a very well. It is a very good film. One of my husband's favourites, so he was quite excited to see it. So. So all good. So good scores there. One to watch. And once certainly for the teens, if you've got teenagers, it's a really oh, good one. Brilliant film, teenagers. Yeah, yeah. So the latest film that is out at the moment is well, one of the latest films is The Holdovers. It's in Cinewiles right now. It's actually you could you could prepay on Sky as well for the for the holdovers as well. So it'll be coming out very soon. It's directed by Alex Payne, who brought us Sideways, Downsize, which I have to be honest, are quite quirky. And I was a little bit concerned what this film may be like due to that, because I wasn't a big fan of those, really. But the film stars Paul Giamatti, who was in Sideways, 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 if I could speak, Billions and Turbo, 12 Years a Slave, Hangover, etc. His big purple patch was probably in the 2010s. And he's never really gone away because he was in Billions, but it's great to see him back in doing some really strong roles in, in movies again. And you've got Divine Joy Randolph as well. And he, she's from Lost City with Sandra Bullock more recently. And she's done quite a few TV series and, and voiceovers as well. And you've got Dominic Sessa as well, who, and it's his film debut. So somebody very experienced from Paul Giamatti to Dominic Sessa, who's, who's new to the movie. So, so it's good to... to Good star cast. Giamatti plays a, well, it's ancient history, but it's a history teacher at Barton Boarding School outside, I believe it's outside Boston. He has been there most of his life. He studied there when he was a kid and came back to teach after after university. He was asked by his headmaster to stay over because he usually has to be a teacher around to stay with the kids over holiday periods if they have to stay back and they can't go home, for example. And in this case, it was the Christmas holidays. And he was asked to look after the kids who couldn't go home for the holiday period. So he stayed along with Mary Lamb, who was a Randolph, played that character. And she's the cook. And there were a group of boys as well. Now, one boy in particular called Angus Tully, who Cesar plays, is a bit of a troublemaker. And however, he's quite intellectual. He does quite well in, in class was excited about getting away he was going to go somewhere really nice with his family but then his mother calls to tell her him that she's going to go away somewhere with her her new husband which I thought charming that's not very nice poor kid and basically wanted him to stay at boarding over the holiday period so along with these other boys and they formed this kind of 
almost like a little family eventually but but there was a lot of frustrations with each other a bit of bullying along the way and also you get to really find go deeper into the characters of Mr Hunnam the teacher and and Angus and also Mary's background which unfortunately she lost her her son at I believe at war but he used to also be a, a, a student to my understanding at the at the school as well so it's it's a little bit less quirky, I would say, which was good for me. I, I kind of was pleased about that from Alex Payne's um, collection of other films. You know, the history teacher is a little bit grumpy. But, uh, he is a little bit quirky, I suppose. So that's probably the, the twist that Alex Payne provides there, but all the writers provide. But it's it was really quite, I quite liked it. It's got a lot of charm. You got some difficult family challenges to hurdle as well, which was quite interesting. So, yeah, Rob, what do you think? I thought it was a really tender movie. It, it had elements that reminded me of Dead Pert Society purely because of the boarding setting, not really anything more than that. It reminded me a little bit of the, in terms of the sentiment, the tender bar that we watched, which I think was Ben Affleck movie, little known Ben Affleck movie we watched. I loved the fact that really it was the story of these two, well, three characters who were all in some ways you know a bit broken a bit lost misfits to a degree you know with Mr Hunnam the teacher who nobody likes he's this kind of curmudgeon grumpy stuck in the dark ages obsessed with his subject that no one likes not even the teachers like him Uh, It's almost as if he's just given up. He is who he is and he doesn't really care what anyone else thinks about him. And then, of course, you've got Angus or Tully, obviously, as Mr. Hunnam calls him, who, again, you learn, like you say, from the scene you just mentioned, uh, when all his friends get picked up and go back for the holidays and, yeah, he just finds out that his his mum doesn't want him you know she's going off for that holiday with his stepdad which was like you say that was really quite brutal and then you know Mary who plays the the chef at the school you know you obviously learn very quickly that she's grieving and so they've all got their own issues they all don't quite fit in and they're all quite well Angus and Mr. Hunnam, they're quite kind of guarded, aren't they? You can tell there's emotions and history that comes out during the film. And it's really a bit of a three-hander, isn't it? It's really about those three characters. They end up forming these fantastic bonds and they they have a great experience. You know, what was seen by Angus to be this terrible time where he's stuck in the school and and the four kids that were with him they soon disappear because one of them's got some millionaire daddy rocks up in a helicopter and takes <laughs> them all off on a ski trip and poor old Angus can't go purely because Mr. Hunnam, when he tries to call his mum, his parents, he can't get hold of them. So he that's kind of why he gets yeah. stuck there. Very um, rich kids, aren't they, really? Very, yeah, very rich kids. It's just a really nice, really nice sentiment. You know, you, you want them all to get along. You You want Angus and... Uh, and, and Mr. Hunnam to to get along, and they do. It's quite subtle. The ending of the film is, you know, it's not necessarily particularly dramatic, but it's 
it's just nice enough to feel right for the kind of film it is. Yeah. It was just a very, very enjoyable, whatever it was, just over two hours. And like you say, yeah. and it wasn't, I saw that it was made by the same people who did Sideways. And like you say, I was expecting something quirky. It wasn't, I mean, it wasn't really, was it? I thought it was actually No, quite, I'm glad quite... it wasn't, actually, because oh. downsizing was very bizarre. And Sideways, I... it, it was, a, I got a bit frustrated with Sideways. Yeah, and a couple of other things I liked about it. I loved the, the setting. That There was a lot of scenes with a snowstorm in this. Apparently, that was by chance. that An actual snowstorm came in, which they were already pleased about and kind of just basically made the most <laughs> about it. In fact, there was a scene also, thinking back to Dead Poets, where something similar happened in mm. Dead Poets, the scene in the snow. And the score, I thought the score was really nice. It was almost like kind of Simon and Garfunkel type music that just went really well with the tone set, of the it, yeah, movie. Yeah, it was set in the 70s or something, wasn't it? When was it set? I think it was I, 60s or 70s. I think it must have been 70s from, yeah. from what from, from what, yeah. you know, what you could see. Interesting hairdos. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, I I really I I liked it. It was just a really nice a really nice movie for me. Yeah. I was I was pleasantly surprised actually. I, I quite liked it as as well. And sometimes I I haven't liked some of Paul Giamatti's some of his films, but this one, I thought he played the character really, really well. I thought all the acting was good. Obviously, Davine uh, Joy Randolph is is up for a, been nominated for an Oscar as well, and she won. I think she won an Emmy or a Golden Globe, potentially both of them. So she's got good chances of, of potentially winning an Oscar as well. And yeah, just it just sort of washes over you, really. Yeah. And, and it, but there's some really deep really deep family challenges that they've yeah. got in this film which is not the norm i would say but it just makes you really feel sorry for for angus well yeah exactly poor anger i mean the it's way been neglected really been neglected exactly and it ends and it, yeah. the, the and, and mr hunnam ends up becoming a father figure to him yeah um, exactly and... I mean, I was half wondering at the end whether, because it was set in the seventies, whether they would bring it up to to current day. And I was, I was nearly Angus waiting for was that. Gonna be, that he was going to be teaching at the end, but we won't give anything away. But, no. um, but I could really see he had a strong connection. There was, it was just a lot of bonding going on, and I loved the fact that they went to Boston on a field trip. Um, so, so yeah, yeah, it's it... definitely one to watch. Yeah, I really liked it. It's, it's worth noting this is actually up for five Oscars, which I didn't realise. So it's it's up for Best Picture. It's up for Paul Giamatti's up for Best, best Actor. And then, obviously, Best Actress, we just you mentioned, Devine Joy Randolph. Best Original Screenplay and Best Achievement in Film Editing. So five. I mean, it would be nice, wouldn't it, to see it get something. Mm. But I'm not, mm. I'm not sure it will. I mean, I, I'm not mm. sure it's quite hard-hitting enough. But anyway, we'll see. No, I really enjoyed it. So what are you going to score it? I'm going to give it eight and a half for me. Yeah, I'm I'm going to give it nine out of ten again. So it was, I really enjoyed it actually more than I thought I would. And I'll be quite happy to watch it again. So some really good films this week. Good stuff. So mm. moving on to the newbie, we are going with a movie called Argyle, uh, which is a kind of a spy action thriller it's going to be a fun film because it's directed by Matthew Vaughan, who, you know, did kick ass and the Kingsman movies. So, you know, where we're going to kind of be with this. 
Uh, we've got Henry Cavill in it. We've got Dua Lipa, uh, Sam Rockwell, Bruce Dallas Howard, Brian Cranston, Catherine O'Hara, Samuel L. Jackson, John Cena. So it's, it's yeah, it, I think it's going to be a bit of a hoot, this one. Um, yeah. An introverted spy novelist is drawn into the activities of a sinister underground syndicate with quite an interesting haircut, I think, for Henry Cavill. <laughs> He's got a bit of a um, Jim Carrey look about him, I think. Oh, is he? Anyway. Um, so anyway, that's that's the newbie. And the oldie... The oldie's from my list, isn't it? It is from your list. We've only had sci-fi for this mm-hmm. year. So... Um, I'm going to go for drama. Drama. Got some interesting dramas. Okay. Uh, I've had 61 dramas, but I will go to the nearest one that you choose number-wise. 61. You want 61? It's either the most recent one or the last one that's come out of your head. You can have a choice. What? A choice? Yeah. Would you like a choice between two? Okay. So you can have either yeah. Natural Born Killers. Oh, my goodness. That's a blast from the past. Or The, yeah. the Departed. Oh, do you know what? That's quite a tricky one, man. I'm actually going to go for Natural Born Killers. I thought you might. I thought you might. <laughs> i tell you what. When I watched this at uni... I didn't half have a buzz after watching this film. The music is really strong and it's right, really heavy music. It gets you all excited. So, <laughs> so Natural Born Killers. Okay, so Natural Born Killers, this is from 1994. This is, this is from the kind of period, I'm sure you're the same, Sarah, when I remember getting Empire Magazine and like putting posters up on on the mm. wall and i remember this it was around this yeah. time natural born killers was one of those the stone isn't it exactly so two victims of traumatized childhoods become lovers and psychopathic serial murders irresponsibly glorified by the mass media and this stars woody harrison juliette lewis tom sizemore and is directed by Oliver Stone. And do you know who was one of the writers on this? One Quentin Tarantino. Oh, yeah, of course. It's very similar style to Quentin Tarantino, I have to say. Yeah, Um, yeah, it wouldn't surprise surprise me. So where can we see it? Yeah, so it's actually streaming on on Disney+, Plus, which I'm surprised by. And there's a new channel, which I've not heard of, called Mubi. And there's Plex as well. So it's streaming on all of those. But you could buy or rent off most on-demand platforms. There you go. So, yeah, I'm actually looking forward to this. It's very different, very gory, if I recall, but very, I don't know. You have to turn the volume up. The music gets gets you going. Really does. I remember watching it at university and thinking, wow. I actually missed out two key stars in this or names. So we've yeah, also got Tommy Lee stars. Jones and Robert Downey Jr. as well. And yeah, 
this was nominated for a Golden Globe as well for Best Director. I don't remember that much about this movie other than, as you say, it had that kind of impact. It's a bit like when you watch Reservoir Dogs and you kind of walked out going, whoa, okay. Yeah, it was like yeah. quite visceral yeah. type of film. So yeah, uh, look forward to seeing it. Yeah, I don't think I've watched it since then either. Oh, uh, me, me, me neither. Back this in the old days, eh? Back in the old days, there you go. Um, there you oh. go. So one sort of mainstream movie, I would say, or sort of upbeat spy thriller, and then the other one is a a hardcore, what would you call it? Well, it's what, drama, this, isn't it? <laughs> it's a hardcore action crime, a bit of romance, I think, as well. Yes, there from, is. From there memory. Is. Good stuff. Right, well... I've got to see if I can get through another 24 hours without finding out who won traitors. I think I've, <laughs> or, I think I've already messed that up, but I'm, I'm, I'm convincing myself. I don't know who's won when in actual fact, I think I do know who's won, but I'm going to be watching that tomorrow night. And then I can draw a line under this traitors binge that for, I've for been going through. Exactly. It's like, what okay, I've got to find, <laughs> I've got to find my next TV binge, whatever that's going to be. If the second second trigger point episode is out, I will be watching that later tonight. And that's that's my my go to tonight. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Well, uh, have Thank a fantastic week, and thanks everyone for listening. And we'll be back, yeah, in another couple of weeks' time. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you very much, Rob. All right, bye, bye. listeners. Bye. bye.